Good afternoon. You're listening to Artspin on Sination with myself, Christian, and I'm joined on the phone today by Kent Morris, the CEO of the Torch Project, who's here to talk to us about uh, confined date at the gallery um, in St. Kilda Town Hall. So thank you so much for joining us today, Kent. Oh, it's a pleasure, Christian. Thanks for the invitation. No problem at all. So the exhibition's been, it's been running for a while um, now, I believe, since mid-January. So um, how do you find it's been received so far? And um, yeah, how, how are you hoping it will be received, I suppose? Well, look, this is the second year for the annual confined exhibition that we were able to sell artworks through the new Victorian government policy. So we had a very successful year last year. We sold around oh, maybe 85 works and to a total of around $90,000. So the second year would be very interesting to see if that level of support would still be there, given that the first year there's obviously a lot of interest around the policy and what it was doing, which allows men and women in the TORCH program who are currently incarcerated to sell their artworks through the program. And uh, the program provides art, cultural and art vocational support to Indigenous men and women who are incarcerated in Victoria. So... It's been very successful. Thus far, we've sold around about 75 of the 165 artworks that are on display, and that's a real positive indication that the general public's really gotten behind this policy to support Indigenous offenders and ex-offenders with the purchase of their artworks that are produced through the program. So, so far, so good. Excellent. And I dare you, um, you talked about the law that was changed, uh, I believe it was, was it last year or the year before, that allowed um, uh, Indigenous Australians still in incarceration to sell their artworks and then receive the money after they were released, I believe it is at the moment? Look, that's right. It was really late 2015, so it was put mm. in place just prior to Confine 7, so last year's exhibition. And look, it's not a legislative change, it's a policy change enacted to support Indigenous men and women to try and benefit from the work they're doing through the program and to try and alleviate and break through that those barriers of disadvantage that still exist upon their release from prison. So it's got a, a very empowering and, and motivating aspect to it and it's a, a way for the men and women to self-generate a legitimate income through learning about their culture and strengthening cultural identity which then goes on to support them to make better decisions upon release and to pursue avenues through to you know, in employment and, and higher education and just navigating away from negative behaviour that they may be returning to within their, you know, community or, or family group that has led them down the path that they've been down prior. So it's, look, it's only available in Victoria at this point in time and it's, and it's linked to the TORCH program. So it's quite an innovative uh, policy and one that just makes a lot of common sense. Mm. And um, the sort of outcomes that you were talking about before, is this what you had in mind um, when you first started the Torch Project uh, four years ago, I, be I believe it was, when it was just you before the, your other staff came on board? Yeah, look, I was fortunate enough to be given the, the responsibility to design this program five and a half years ago now. All right. And look, absolutely, the program's focused on reducing recidivism on the, on the extraordinarily high reoffending rates, which then, of course lead to and add to the very high representation of, of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in, in the criminal justice system. So for 3% of the population, we make up close to 30% of the prison population. So it's a huge issue and it's one that we thought could be addressed through a program of this nature. And not only did behaviour change within the prison for those connected to the program, but it significantly changed upon release and there was a huge reduction in recidivism. The 18-month pilot program when it was evaluated, saw a 53% reduction in reoffending rates, which is really significant. And most of the men and women, the feedback they were given given to the evaluation was just that increase in confidence and self-esteem through their cultural learning and, and building cultural identity, but also just getting over 
issues they would have had to do with trust and anger and a lot of issues that arise when you've been involved in the criminal justice system, say from your early adulthood or from teen years in, into the, the adult system, and finding ways to break through, like again, break through some of those barriers that negate a successful reintegration back into the community. And we found that focusing on cultural identity and cultural knowledge and expressing that through art, you've got the dual advantage of learning and, and healing together in, in the one program and also the annual exhibition so the confined aid exhibition that's on now it's that chance for the men and women to share their stories and share their culture to the broader public and that's a very empowering experience as well mm. and um so what are, what are some of the um the barriers that you think are art specifically and i suppose confined aids or torch project specifically has been able to address that you've seen okay so what i've seen is significant change in for adult men and women who people and, and even the men and women themselves and maybe family members and community members and definitely the justice system would have seen that no change was, was possible, that after long periods of, of run-ins with the law and incarceration, that that was pretty much the pathway for that person. So what we've seen is dramatic change for, for men and women who are able to refigure their future and, and really break patterns of old behaviour and find that within themselves they're kind of the strength to make sometimes very difficult decisions about where they will try to reintegrate or go back, you know. So... For a couple of examples, men and women moving away from, I guess, shared, you know, shared destructive relationships which may revolve around misuse of drugs and alcohol, and that being a cycle that eventually leads back to prison on an ongoing basis. So being able to, to break that pattern by one, mo- moving away from that relationship and finding a new start either interstate or, or away from where they would normally have, have resided and, and lived. For some women particularly, for Indigenous women, suffer high rates of domestic uh, violence. And, and sexual abuse, so moving away from those long, sometimes long-term relationships, breaking that cycle, and then going into higher education. A lot of the men and women finding employment for the first time, or just even having the, the skills and confidence to approach an employer. Now, we're talking about Indigenous men and women who face discrimination and other barriers in communities, and also now having criminal records as well. So it's not an easy task, but through that process of learning more about culture and about cultural identity and being able to express that there's a, there's a healing that can come and we're talking for long and long-running wounds and, and uh, behaviour that's really quite ingrained. Changes have been quite extraordinary and I'm talking for some really long-term offenders as well and some with very serious offending histories have been able to find a way to break that mould and to be, over time, accepted back into the community by showing the hard work and the ability they have to not only... It's not so much making amends. It is in a sense because there's a connection back to culture and a sharing of stories and a, and a connection back to the community often in supportive roles for others, which then finds a way for the family and broader community to see that person in a different way. One fellow said to me, he said, look, you know, everyone starts talking to me and, and <laughs> describing me as the artist and the storyteller. Now, for most of his life, he'd been in prison. And all, the only perception the community have of him, and, and, and quite rightly through those years, was that he was a, a criminal and, and always in trouble and an offender. But now, he said, people starting to call me the artist and the storyteller and younger members of the community really appreciating the learning that he's gained and then he's sharing. So you can have these turnarounds... It's not impossible. What we need to really understand is for Indigenous offenders and ex-offenders that rehabilitation and reintegration is very possible if the program's providing support in the right areas.
Wow. And, and and you were saying that this is so this is still a fairly new program, five and a half years, and it's only in Victoria so far. So I suppose, I mean, wh- why do you think uh, a program like this hasn't – obviously, yeah, fantastic, it's happening now. But why do you think it's only happened in the last five and a half years and only in Victoria so far? Why don't you think uh, someone's done this before, I suppose? Look, it's a good question, and it goes to the philosophy of the Torch as an organisation. And when I joined the Torch, that philosophy – was very well laid out and it said to try and create change in, in difficult areas that people aren't really addressing. Um, well, don't, let's not wait for government organisations to find the answers. Well, let's generate some of those answers. Let's start the dialogue, start the conversation. Let's build a program from grassroots and make it that change regardless of how small the organisation is. If the will's there, let's do it. So I think it just takes you know, an organisation with a philosophy or, or individuals with a, a viewpoint to say, well, look, this is a serious problem that we just can't keep ignoring. I mean, we see stories of Indigenous incarceration through the media on, on a daily basis and, and the problem that it is. But we don't see a lot of proactive and concrete on the ground solutions being raised. So the torch, as I said, I mean, I, I built and designed, developed and delivered the program for four years, 12 prisons in Victoria. It's not rocket science. I don't have a degree in community cultural development or developing programs but I have a lived experience of what it means to find your identity and build your identity and and heal some of the wounds and how that can open up your potential and I think when people come to see the confined aid exhibition and the extraordinary artworks that are on display and the strength and resilience and beauty of the works you can see the potential and you know I see it on a daily basis the potential in each and every individual that we work with it's just finding focus support that goes to the core of the, the issue, and generally the issue is about cultural identity. Certainly. So for people coming to the exhibition, what do you think they'll probably come away, um, or what do you hope they'll come away learning about the artists, the people who take, took part in the program, and also these, um, these broader issues? It's complex, the exhibition, so you won't be just be coming to see beautiful artworks there, mm-hmm. all those layers that you've talked about. So there's the cultural stories from language groups from around the country. Most of the men and women in the program are from the southeast, from Victoria, but we have men and women in the program from language groups from around the country. And with the program and the support and the resources we're bringing in, and with the knowledge that some of the men and women have, visitors to the exhibition can really learn more about the diversity of Indigenous culture around the country. They can really understand and look at the personal stories of the artists. There's, of course, the overarching theme of the exhibition and the torch is that you know, we're addressing and providing support for the most overrepresented group of people in the criminal justice system in this country. And since the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Death in Custody 25 years ago, Indigenous incarceration rates have doubled. So I think that's an important thing for people to understand. But what's more important is the understanding that change for the men and women in the, in the justice system can happen and it is possible and you'll see in, in the artworks people see when they come down the incredible uh, potential and the i guess the strong desire for change and for reconnection back to family and community and that's such a strong theme throughout the exhibition in the works but the works are never there's no negative impacts or stories or designs all the works are very strongly related to culture and cultural identity so it's quite a it's a very powerful and empowering and very colorful very beautiful exhibition and i think generally when people come in they walk away learning much more about the first you know the first people of this country Wow, yeah, that's certainly fantastic. Also thinking, so I, I suppose uh, a lot of the people who take part in the program have never really done art before um, or visual art. And you, you said uh, yourself when you started to um, design the program, you didn't have a background, at least a formal qualification in um, designing community programs or, or a degree. So I, I suppose, do you see something of a parallel there between going into something that you're totally new to 
but because well yeah you have something to say you have something you want to change expressing your cultural identity and um and all of these barriers that you were talking about so far in this interview yeah look absolutely and one of the uh, i guess great ironies still is for a lot of the men and women their connection to culture and to healing through art starts from inside the prison but it has to start and it's very important and when i went around in the initial weeks when i was first employed i went out to the prisons and just talk to Indigenous men and women, what would they want of a program of this nature? I told my story of my life, we shared our, our histories, and then I talked about what is it that you want? And overridingly, all the responses were to do with cultural knowledge and information. They were to do with understanding the totem animals for their language group, the, the history of their language group. Could they see photos or were there photos available of grandparents or great-grandparents or tying together their family history? It, it wasn't about learning about art it was learning about cultural identity and so that was very significant and it reinforced to me how important it was because i built this program on the lived experience i'd had of having the support of the community to put my family history and cultural identity and the missing pieces of my existence back together and understood very well how uncomfortable you feel in the world when you don't have that knowledge or that connection to your family and your ancestry and your family history so i often heard my life story reflected back to me from the men and women and so I knew I was on the right track that one it's hard to know what, where we're going or what we can do if we don't know who we are and then also if you're trying to heal and create art to connect to the community and share your story what do you paint about again if you don't really know who you are or where you're from Mm. So it, it definitely sounds like, I suppose, a lot of these things that other Australians would probably take for granted, like knowing who their, well, yeah, certainly who their grandparents are, family tree, family history. Yeah. Um, but, yes, I suppose uh, people coming to this exhibition will probably be well, yeah, reminded of how important it is um, and how, how important it is to seek it out if you don't already have it. No, that's true. And to really understand the depth of the, of the history of this country in terms of the separations of of families from each other and from country and from culture and all the impacts that that has on, on, on generations that follow. And importantly as well to see that our culture and our expressions of, these, of this journey that can often be very painful resonates in a very, as I said, a very powerful, a colourful, resilient, very spiritual kind of way. When people walk into the exhibition, they often, you can see the look on their face, they're just hit with an explosion of, of colour and culture and, and beautiful designs from around the country and all of it's based around our native flora and fauna and, and, and areas of this country. But a lot of people still don't understand the, the issues faced by Indigenous Australians in regard to past and, and current policies where, yeah, the broken lines of, of family histories and, and, and of con connectivity to culture and language and to country. It's, it's really significant. But as I said, more significantly, the responses and the, the ways that, that this is expressed is in a very positive and resilient and educative way as well. Mm, fantastic. Um, and yeah, I think that's really important. And it's, and it's probably, you can understand why that would surprise you know, many people, given the participants um, in this program have you know, come with such negative stories, but for the result to be something so positive is, uh, I think, a very welcome surprise. Look, yeah. absolutely. And that's a really great learning for, for everybody about you know, the first people of this country, the strength of the culture and, and the positive nature of it. And, the, and I said the connectivity to, to our country and to, to our native animals and plants and to the importance of that connectivity, that spiritual connection. So, and that's why the paintings have such a, a powerful resonance and there's not negative comments of anger or frustration. They're comments of desire for connection to culture and, and the strength of that culture. So it really is a resounding exhibition and surprisingly for people but not for us, not for me, mm. that cultural healing and cultural learning has that ability to provide positive pathways and positive 
ways of thinking, really incredible positive impacts on well-being, but not just for that man or woman in the program. You've got to think more about the, their broader family, for their kids, um, for other family members, and then more broadly for the community. So once we can get that well-being for men and women who've you know, found themselves time and again in the criminal justice system, then the impacts of that often I see, uh, you know, as is well documented, passed down to, to their kids. And that pathway then becomes somehow the pathway of, of the younger ones. But we need to, so we're breaking that through that parent's ability to learn about their culture and want to teach that to their kids. I have so many requests from men and women to say, can you bring in language? You know, I want to learn my lingo. I want to learn my language so I can teach my kids when I get out. Now, that's a significant kind of uh, request and a, and a significant motivation. So in all of the negativity around the extraordinary high rates of Indigenous incarceration, we need to find programs that can and develop programs like this one that can really focus on the core issue and provide that positive pathway, that ability to make change. And the potential, as, as Senator Dodson says time and again, the potential for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people is extraordinary once we know who we are and, and how we relate to, to this land and to, to our families and to our broader culture, then what we can achieve is quite extraordinary. Definitely. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kent. Were there, were there any final things you wanted to say about um, Confined Day, the Torch Project, uh, or anything else? Yes, I will say one final thing. Uh, there are so many beautiful artworks, so please head down to the St Kilda Town Hall Gallery. It's at 99A Carlisle Street, St Kilda. The exhibition runs till Wednesday the 15th of February. It's open Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5pm, and midday to 4pm on Saturdays. You could go to our website also, www.thetorch.org.au, as we have a lot of the artworks available online. And please visit our Facebook page to see wonderful photos of the exhibition and the opening and the artists and the incredible stories that are happening for each and for, for quite a... Anyway, I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us again and uh, congratulations on the, on the success of the program and, uh, and the exhibition and all it's achieved um, so far and all it will continue to achieve in the future. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to seeing. Yeah, thanks, Christian. Thank you. No problem. Thanks. See ya.